This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Man is up next, but first, listen to this other great OPI show. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, we talk about the surge of American soccer prowess. Yeah, with over 50 players playing in Europe and South America, it's great news for Greg Berhalter. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Standing by in another snowstorm. So uh, we're, uh, we're, we're a little tired. I don't know about uh, you, Dave, but uh, I've been out there shoveling a couple of hours. Um, and my back was oh, yeah. in really Oof. bad shape. So where do, where do you... Where does your pain manifest? I'm a lower back to the right. Yeah, that's pain. A, that's where I am too. That's where um, I am. And and what happens? And I don't know if you're the same way. Is when you tweak it, and then it get you know then you have like three or four days when you're in a lot of pain, and then it gets kind of better. But then the slightest little movement, like ch- checking your blind spot, will just right. send you it. You know, right. send exactly. it to spasms. <laughs> and, uh, I'm in the blind spot phase right now where where if you're driving on the expressway and this is for all our listeners I can give you our license plate number don't be in my blind spot because I'm just going to go into the right, right. lane I'm not, I'm not even going to look not you even going to look at you my grandmother uh god bless her uh when she uh was driving she used to say uh, you know cuz I every time she just she would just change lanes yeah <laughs> and I'm right. like what are you doing yeah. Alma? she said hey I'm in front of them if they can't see me they can't you know it's their fault <laughs> Like, okay, but remind me not to be your, a passenger in your car anymore. How many times did Oma spend, or how many degrees in traffic school did Oma have? Well, let's just did say that ever... uh, she uh, she took a couple of cars into the uh, body shop over the years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. When... Uh, and I, and I know my way around traffic school, Rick. I think I've got a PhD yeah. in traffic school, actually. And the last time I went, which is actually probably, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. So I'm sure, I'm sure the curriculum has really changed over those <laughs> last 10 years. Uh, there were, it was either cab drivers or old people and me. It was like, that was that was the makeup of the universe of the... And of young the, people. The, my... Uh, and my youngest son had just had the cops. We just had the cops over at our house. Did I tell you this story? Oh, what no, what happened? <laughs> um, he uh, apparently was driving uh, my mother's car. And, you know, when he was over there helping with the with the shoveling, some guy walked out into the street with his dog and and Sean came a little too close. So the guy started screaming at him and Sean said, you know, hey, I, you know, you don't have the right of way here or something like that. Well, and then he and he went on. Well, the guy called the cops, wrote down really? the license plate. The uh, the cops showed up at my mother's house because <laughs> it was her car. <laughs> And she she said, "Oh no, that was my grandson." Well, where does he live? And then the cop oh, showed up great. at our house. 
Like what? So she totally she threw Sean right under the bus immediately, right? <laughs> well, she did say no, not to me, Sean. S E A N. She did say that you know she had given him permission to drive it, but <laughs> didn't claim him as as the person that you know. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, it all turned out so, fine. There was no no big deal. It ended up being not a big deal at all. The guy was just kind of a, a jag. So, so it, this is what Mount Pro, is this on, is this going to be on an episode of Mount Prospect <laughs> Cops? Probably. <laughs> hey, uh, did, did I ever tell you the story about my friend Brian Kennedy in Kansas City. Hey, do, do you know uh, that we're it, doing a show? Should we be? Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right, no, yeah, no, no. okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so my buddy Brian Kennedy, who uh, was I when I was selling when I was uh, slinging skids at the paper company, uh-huh. uh, Ricky was one of he was one of my clients, and he tells a story that he was watching one afternoon or one evening or whatever the the television show Cops, uh-huh. you know, you, you know the show, yeah, right? Sure, and it was. And it was Cops Kansas City. You know how they went to city yeah, after uh-huh. city. So he's so he just sits on in his lazy boy and he's watching cops. And then all of a sudden there's a car chase right in front of his house. And like cops get out and like are beating the crap out of a guy right in front of his house. And he had no idea that that had happened. And it happened like six months earlier. Wow. He's watching. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Hey, that's my house. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow! Uh, All right. So right, well, let's give let's give the uh, folks some uh, minutia because that's what they came here for. So yeah, right. we got a lot we got a lot to do. Let's 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 hurry this up, would you? All right, here we go. You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them twenty two minutes, and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. Hey, can are you equ- yeah. are you equipped to do back to back jingles? Because can you I flop can. out a not? What do you want? Right, flop out the. The Nazi. Flop oh. Out Nazi. Did Dave really find another story about Nazis? Another one? Uh, I, you know, I love I love my Nazi stories as much as you do. Well, an unusual relic from World War II, Adolf Hitler's toilet seat is up for auction and is expected to fetch around fifteen grand. How much is that in? Well, they don't use Deutschmarks anymore, do they? No, it's euros. Yeah, it's euros now, right? Okay, so, um, and it's a starting bid of five thousand dollars. The uh, it's going to be auctioned by Alexander Historical Auctions, and it is. It's the authentic toilet seat from Adolf Hitler's home uh, in the Bavarian Alps. Was that Berchtesgarten? Berchtesgarten. It's at the uh, hit. What was it called? The Eagle's Nest. Yeah, or Wolf's Lair. Or yeah. Was it e- or, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this U.S. soldier, which uh, they don't mention his name, you know, after they, after we kicked the Nazis' ass, <laughs> he went into Hitler's house and he goes, "I'm going to take this," and he ripped off the the toilet seat and he brought it back in his duffel bag, you know, duffel bag, uh-huh. and it's and it's been in the basement of his family for what seventy years? Yeah, probably uh, going on eighty years, right? So finally, the family's like, you know. Let's uh, let's let's cash in on this, right? So they have they're auctioning Hitler's um, toilet seat. Now, um, a couple of things. First of all, didn't Hitler have? Well, I know this because I know everything. 
he had a really bad irritable bowel syndrome. Is that true? So he was, oh yeah, he he had really bad. Me and him share <laughs> not much in common, but our irritable bowel syndrome definitely something. So you know, maybe that's why he was so angry all the time. And um, so he was probably on this toilet seat for, you know, all the time. Well, right? there must be photos then. <laughs> there have to be <laughs> authentication uh, of the of the photos. Yeah, absolutely. So this is basically where Hitler took his shitlers, right? <laughs> is on the on the toilet seat. So as you know, I'm a marketing guy, right? <laughs> you know, and I, and I you know, when, when I think of them, like you know, there's there's got to be some slogans in here or product names or something. And I've got a couple. Do you okay. want to hear no, the, I, the toilet I'm, seat? I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Uh, the Turd Reich. Not bad. Okay. Uh, mein Krampf, or Mein Krampf, Mein Krampf. Yeah, all right. Uh, uh, Schittler's List. Okay. I don't know, that just kind of rhymed. I thought it was yeah. funny. And I think my favorite, it's Schitt's uh, Creek. Not right? bad. Right. So, but I, no, I think my favorite is the Turd Reich, probably. Turd Reich's right, really right. good. I, I'm, just, I'm just imagining just the idea of having Hitler's toilet. You know what I mean? It's like uh, imagining Hitler uh, as he's as he's going through his day. <laughs> you know, I, tell Gehring I need a few minutes. There's a brown dog <laughs> yeah, right. scratching at the back door, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah right. right, exactly. Uh, Do not go in there. The Fiora launched a brown <laughs> torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Once I've got to, i got to drop Klaus off at the pool, if you know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> Time uh, to sink the Bismarck again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's possible you know, my grandfather, who owned the largest newspaper in Berlin at the time, he may have sat on his toilet and read my grandfather's newspaper. Right. Uh, my yeah. Can I have that smell for blot? I feel a sphincter <laughs> schnitzel coming on. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there, well, I've that's got some very fans. nice. All and right. We've covered our Nazi news for the week. Um, this mm-hmm. uh, I have some more uh, local news. This is uh, U.S. news. An American toddler... Luca Yukonukwai is gearing up to release her debut album, the world's first album made from sounds inside the womb. Okay, her parents, Elizabeth Hart, a member of the psych rock band Psychic Ills, and musician Ivan Diaz Mate, who has worked with Lee Scratch Perry and others. Um, in a five-hour joint meditation session, they recorded Luca, the, the baby, in utero via electrodes on Hart's abdomen. And using biosonic technology, they transcribed the vibrations they picked up into synthesizers. Okay? The recordings then were edited down with Hart and Diaz Mate trying to intervene as little as possible, they say, allowing Luca's message to exist in its raw form, according to the statement. The album Sounds of the Unborn will be released on April 2nd. Yeah, that's... uh, Well, I'm a marketing guy, and if they could make a buck on it, I'm not really all that upset about it, right? I think more... I'm thinking more about, uh, you know, like mom mom and tot parties, you know, where... Mm. So how's your baby? Oh, I see he can sit up by himself now. Oh, look (laughs) at that. You want a Kleenex to wipe the drool off his face? What about... Oh, oh, my baby? Yeah, she put out an album. It drops April 2nd. Right, 162 on Billboard. <laughs> right. Exactly. I remember when I was a kid, I first learning how to play the piano. I was six years old, and uh, we we got a little uh, electric piano. And my dad came up to me and he said, "You know, 
Mozart wrote his first symphony when he was five. <laughs> and I was six. I'm all, like, I'm already a failure. <laughs> like, I, before I even learned where the notes were, I'm like, I'm trying to live up to Mozart. <laughs> that's what this kid, uh, that's what this kid is going to be like. You know, uh, this is totally off topic, which is what we want to do. You know, when you mentioned ultrasounds, right? Yeah. Um, we went through, I, I went through a ton of ultrasounds because we had, uh, procreating wasn't really easy for uh, Michelle and Dave, you yeah. know, so we had a ton of ultrasounds. And I remember, oh my God, I can't believe I'm telling this story. This is, well, it's a good thing that Michelle doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> so this was like, I don't know ultrasound number 74 and you know quite frankly they're all pretty much the same uh -huh. right uh mm -hmm. so we were and, and this I, I think this was i don't know we had so many miscarriages i don't remember what ultrasound this was but i my god i, I we maybe need to add to this out i don't know so oh, jesus <laughs> so, we, have, so just, we had nazis and, and now we're we're about to go into an area that dave is uncomfortable sharing <laughs> I, I know right this is the hill i won't die on right and um so i'm sitting there you know with michelle and for anybody who's had an ultrasound you sit next to your wife and you know they they put the the jelly on her belly right you know and then they run the well, what is it, the sonogrammy thing or whatever? Um, well, our ultrasound technician was really an attract, attractive young lady, okay? Oh and so you, know, you know how they this have the so nurses kind of yeah. You know those, uh, those, those gowns that they have, right? And they're not, you know, when, when, the, when the technician <laughs> leans over, you know, you're like, oh, my God. So I remember having like, OK, don't look, don't look, don't just eyes on the ultrasound, eyes on the little picture. I, just do not look, do not look. And it reminded me of when I was naked swimming at Lane Tech. Right. It's like, do not you know, look at the ceiling, look at the ceiling. But I just remember how uncomfortable. I was like, I, I really want to look, but I can't. I, you know, this is an ultrasound of my possibly my new baby. I've just got to focus, and it was, and a lesser man would not have been able to focus, but I was able to focus. <laughs> well, I just want to say okay. that I, di I didn't even know that there were other women in the world. <laughs> yeah, so okay. that's where my stance is. <laughs> I just wanted to yeah. say that. All right, it's time for another feature. Time now for studio walls, and the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. So, you know, Rick and Dave have been performing and and acting and doing stuff together for many mm -hmm. many years now uh about 35 years or so mm -hmm. and you know we've also done stuff solo and we've done things that uh we're proud of and things that uh, we're less proud of we've probably heard a few of those today um, uh, probably about i don't know 94 <laughs> seconds ago the ultrasound story is not something i'm proud of but uh, we also have done some fun stuff. And I, I was just going through the files here, and I saw that Dan Quayle's birthday is this week. Mm. And it reminded me of a bit that we did on Landecker's show when he finally stepped out of the uh, political world. Now, Dan Quayle, for those of you who don't remember, was the vice president for uh, George H.W. Bush. Mm -hmm. And he was a gaffe machine right he would mm -hmm. say you know he would miss misstate things uh he he stumbled a lot kind of like i'm doing right now um mm -hmm. and, it, he, and he was made fun of 
by virtually mm-hmm. everybody. So when he announced that he was going to be leaving, uh, it, it really was a sad day for all of us in the wacky morning show world. So we put together a little song uh, to say goodbye to him. Now, I'm not allowed to play that song because of the uh, music licensing laws, but I can play you the clips of Dan Quayle that we played on his last day. Would you like to hear some of those? Sure. All right, here we go. I was facing a campaign where the front runner would have up to $100 million to spend and an unprecedented front loading of the primary system made the task for me winning the nomination of my party virtually impossible. And I am beginning to learn the value of a script. The question is whether we're going to go forward to tomorrow or we're going to go past to the, the, the back. And I can tell you, listen, we don't want to go back to tomorrow. We want to move forward. I believe that I've made good judgments in the past, and I think I've made good judgments in the future. And the future will be better tomorrow. We all lived in this century. I didn't, I didn't live in this century, but in this century's history. Bobby Knight told me this. He says, there is nothing that a good defense cannot beat a better offense. In other words, a good offense wins. I miss him. I miss him still. That was uh, Dan well, Quayle. You know, com- compared to what we may have been through in the I last Isn't four it years. Isn't it quaint? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Well, remember when Dan Quayle used to lift us up with his words? You know, oh, comparatively. With- comparatively, uh, that it wasn't bad at all now looking back on it, was it? Just a little no, goofy. No, no, no. That's all. All right. Well, we have a lot more show, Dave. Uh, you know that, right? We have uh, mm-hmm. another Florida man story. We've got uh, mm-hmm. our our celebrity story. We'll find out who this week's uh, celebrity guest is. But if you tune in right now to the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, this is what you'll hear. On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Rick, we talked to perhaps one of the quintessential 80s rock stars who sang about such great things like The Weeknd. We talked to Mike Reno from Loverboy. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, Lou has a flat tire, so I'm driving solo, where I'll tell you about Automotive Dumb's most famous engine, plus how much does it take to lease a Bugatti. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. You have some more minutia uh, to share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, fire up the Florida jingle. You got that? Now that we now that we have it back. It's Kimmy, Tommy, and Samuel from And Friends. This is an intro for a popular segment that we do on our show. What's wrong with you, Florida? We're happy to share the Sunshine State with the Minutemen. Probably supposed to say minutia. <laughs> minutia men. Yeah, I've got a surprise for you. You ready? Here we yeah. go. What's wrong with you, Florida? I <laughs> see what I did there. I edited out the 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 uh, yeah. and friends people and just took it back. Yeah, they're they're never gonna know. <laughs> the, the, right. It's ours um, again. So this is a story that I just. It's a little. It's a throwaway. So we call this. What, what do we call this in the biz? Uh, not a bumper, a but kicker. What? what uh, it's a kicker. kicker. It's kicker a story. It's a kicker story, right? Man with Florida tattoo on forehead called nine one one for a ride home, twice. 
a 22-year-old Port Ritchie man may have just won the title of Florida Man for Life. According to police, Matthew Letham was arrested early Sunday morning after he twice called 911 to find a ride home, according to court complaint, uh-huh. which notes that Letham cursed at the call taker during the call. All right. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I, I, got, I got a feeling that he may have been a little liquored up or uh, yeah, well, he think? was found with uh-huh. he was found with an ounce and a half of marijuana in his pocket. So. Uh, uh, so, I mean, that study is, I mean, that story is funny in itself, right? But the really funny part is, is, you know what was tattooed on this man's uh, forehead? I've seen the picture. You're going to tell everybody. Okay. It's an actual silhouette of the state of Florida I know. right on his forehead. It's going to be uh, hard for anyone to be more of a Florida man than that. You should, yeah. you should tweet the picture because it's, uh, it, it really says it all. Yeah, right. Can, uh, can, can you do that? Me, go on. I'm sorry. What did you say? Yeah, yeah. I'll trade it. No problem. Um, but this reminds me of a, another story. Do you remember when Squeaky from you know Squeaky from Manson's um, yeah uh, you know disciple? For those of you who don't know, Charles Manson, bad guy in the what was it 70s, early 70s? late 60s, like? late 60s. Yeah, uh, he you know killed a few people and he had these this cult and and Squeaky from was a uh, one of his disciples and what. Um, uh, Manson would do is he put an X on everybody's forehead. Right. Do you remember that? Yes. Because I mean, yes. he wanted a swastika, but then he realized there was too much pain. So he just said, all right, we'll just do an X. Right. Right. Instead of the swastikas. But I, do you remember when Squeaky from um, escaped from jail? Yeah. And tried to assassinate Gerald Ford. Was she the right. one? Yeah. But, yeah. She tried to assassinate Gerald Ford and then she was in the clink again. Or No, she she escaped. To try to assassinate Gerald Ford, right? Is that what it was? I don't uh, remember I don't, how it did. I didn't bring up the story you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. So she is, she's on the run. And I remember the police, you know how the police releases a description of the suspect to the uh-huh. public, right? Yeah. And I remember, and I remember, and I might be paraphrasing it a little bit. It was like 34 year old Caucasian woman, five foot three, weighs 224 pounds, brown hair, brown eyes, wearing an orange prison jumpsuit. And has a swastika tattooed on her forehead. Wouldn't you lead with the swastika on the forehead, right? Yeah, I think I, I think I would. Yes, I mean that's the identifying mark, right? Yes. Why, that's not the afterthought. That's that's your lead story. Is the swastika on the forehead? I would think so. I would think yeah. so. All right, it's time for uh, another feature. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of... Can I stop you for Can I stop you for a second here? You're like an air traffic controller with all the jingles right now. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, you're just... You're flopping them all out perfectly, too. This is the best Great I've job. ever done. This is the best yeah. I've ever done on this. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, now you've thrown me off, of course, but uh, this is the part of the show where I uh, reach my hand into uh, the jar, pull out a name of a celebrity, and tell the story of having met that celebrity. And I've decided to tell the uh, the Michael Douglas story today. And I, I've previously mentioned this story, but I I found the audio recently, so I want to share it with you. And, and I have to set up this audio a little bit. And here's the setup. The setup is... Right before we were about to go on the air, and it was a satellite interview, so the so Michael Douglas was in New York, and we were in Chicago. 
the main producer that was uh, running this program in New York said to us, hey, listen, he doesn't want to talk about any of his sex scenes. Well, um, that was a bit of a problem because that was all we had prepared to talk about. <laughs> we were gonna, we were doing a whole bit on it, and and uh, so I said this to John, and he's like, you know what? Just tell him, okay, fine. I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, we won't talk about uh, any of the sex stuff. Now, this <laughs> is the interview that happened after that. <laughs> Welcome to Michael Douglas Movie Trivia. And uh, our contestant on the line this morning is none other than Michael Douglas. Good morning, Michael. John, good morning. And welcome to the little game. As you can hear now, uh, that theme from the streets of San Francisco is playing in the background. Uh, that great television series that you participated with Carl Malden. Brings back a lot of memories. Yeah. All right. Now, also, speaking of uh, performances... <laughs> Hold on, hold on. All right, that was, hold on a second. I, I want you to tell me who's who. Was that Debbie Moore? Was that... Sharon, Sharon Stone? Or was that... Glenn Close. Well, you went you went chronologically. The first one was Demi, the second one was Sharon, and Glenn was the third. Unbelievable! <laughs> So, awesome. uh, you know, you got to say, you got to give him credit. He did go with it, even though he didn't want to <laughs> have that talked yeah. about. So did you did you have Michael Douglas on again afterwards? We did not. <laughs> but, you know, how many times do you have like an Oscar winner on your show like that? So uh, we kind of figured we're never going to have another shot at it. We got to do it. So we did it. Have we had an Oscar winner? Um, I don't yes, we had. Um, we did. Glenn Slater. Or is oh, it going yeah, to, yeah, who yeah. Is, yeah, the Disney, yeah, yeah, they won right. an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, and we've had Grammy Award winners. Have we had Tony Award winners? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know who it's we cool. have this week? So let's let's talk about who the guest is this week, because it's, it's a, I think, a fun one. Um, he yeah, is Mike. A, um, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you going to? Um, no, I was well, waiting I'm, for I'm you. Gonna, there was a pause, so I. Oh. Go ahead. Um, Mike, Michael, and he's so good, Rick, that he spells his name M-Y-K-E. He's got the fancy spelling spelling for the name of Mike. But Michael, is a, he's far more accomplished and intelligent and really, quite frankly, a better person than us. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, Rick? there's no question about it. And he's, well, he's, he's a, a writer. He's written... What twelve books? Oh, um, he's got TV shows. He's got, I think, two TV shows. Yeah, he was on uh, CBS. He was on the Discovery Channel. He is uh, an expert on cyber stuff, right? right. Cybersecurity, uh, I believe it is. Uh, you yes. know, instead of telling, why don't we? Why don't we show? Why don't we show them a little bit of what uh, that sounds like? Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. You've got books. You got TV shows. You're a fireman. You're fighting crime. Tell us more. What else you got going? That's what I love talking to you guys. Is it sounds so exciting when you say it? You know, <laughs> the, the big new thing is so COVID has basically 
crush New York City. I, New York City will absolutely bounce back, but it's going to take three or five years. So I left. I got an old falling down house. And when I say falling down, I mean really falling down. And I'm in what's called the discovery phase and fixing it up. So every time I rip off a panel or like... <laughs> oh my God, you're fixing your own house? <laughs> it's awful. It's oh so much my work. God. And it's just like every time I rip something down, I'm like, well, that's going to be another five grand. I just... Um, <laughs> yep. I tried wow. To- well, unless you think I'm any good at it. I tried to fix my gas fireplace and blew myself up twice. But luckily so you're like, a fireman. So, I mean. <laughs> I kept thinking, I kept thinking, I'm going to be so embarrassed that the fire company has to come bail me out because I just set my own house on fire trying to fix this gas fireplace. So. If you'd like to hear the entire interview, and it's it's lively and fun, I really recommend it. Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview coming this Wednesday. Uh, tell a friend about us. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Who's our executive producer, Dave? Tony Lozano. With opishows.com. Opi is mm-hmm. hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Minutia Men. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Oh, I'm Steve Baskerville. And I'm Howard Sudbury. And we talk about... He's gone rogue. Whatever we talk about, we're the Ramblin' Boys. I don't know what to add. He's all the characters. Yeah. This is a one-man show. <laughs> and friends! Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com why are we being mean to back to I you? I don't know. Now? They're such sweethearts. I don't know. <laughs> Let's just start a feud with every podcast on this network. That's what it sounds like. Everyone's just going to end up hating us. This is the Stick to Everything podcast with Larry Hawley and Paul M. Bank. In our latest episode, we talk about things that we've picked up during the COVID-19 pandemic. And no, not the virus. I talk about my new passion for cooking and how I plan to take my cooking skills to another level in 2021. I talk about meditation and my passion for beer. You'll get it when you listen to it, so be sure to tune in. Stick to Everything. We hope you enjoy and we hope you tune in. Listen to Stick to Everything podcast with Larry Hawley and Paul and Banks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits.